RadioInfluence.com. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Sitting Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and we are so happy to have you here to listen to this thing. We have, no, we call a podcast. No, I'm a little flustered after uh, we just taped an interview with Stevie Ray uh, on his uh, WWE Hall of Fame induction, and it got a little off track. And uh, and, and and if you heard the last uh, uh, podcast we did with Stevie Ray, you know that he does not let me get away with anything, and he certainly didn't let me get away with anything this time. But it was entertaining and funny, and uh, we'll, we'll be throwing to that a little bit later. But uh, we have a double main event this week on City Ringside, so we're not going to chat a lot at the beginning and uh, talk a lot about what's going on because there really is, believe it or not, three weeks to WrestleMania. There's not all that much going on. Kurt Angle's wrestling uh, Baron Corbin. Oh, hum. Uh, unless that changes. But uh, we're not going to talk that much about what's going on because we got two great guests. Uh, Stevie Ray, who is uh, going into the Hall of Fame with his brother Booker T as part of Harlem Heat in just a few weeks. And our first guest this week is the Executive Vice President of Impact Wrestling, and he is going to talk about everything and every, anything and everything that is TNA Impact in 2018 and so far in 2019. So let's go behind the scenes of Impact Wrestling with the Executive Vice President, my friend, Scott DeMore. All right, ladies and gentlemen, happy this week to check in with uh, my good friend and a friend of the show, Scott Moore, the executive vice president of Impact Wrestling and uh, my former boss. And I guess I was I guess I was your former boss, too, at one point, like 100 years ago, huh? (laughs) <laughs> That's right. You know how this business is. I'm sure you will be again. At some <laughs> but uh, we wanted to check in with Scott and uh, see how uh, Impact Wrestling's doing, where it stands. There's a lot of competition and a lot of changes for Impact. So we certainly wanted to check in with Scott as uh, the as the first quarter comes to an end here in 2019. So I guess the well, welcome to the show, Scott. Hey, thanks, David. Happy to be on and uh, get to reconnect. Yeah, sure. Uh, I guess the first question then would be, where does Impact Wrestling, in your mind, stand in the first quarter of 2019? Uh, you know what? I mean, I think we're in a in a much better place than we were a year ago. Uh, we always said when uh, myself and Don Callis came in here at the beginning of 18 that it was going to be a bunch of small incremental increases and improvements that we're going to add up. Um, You know, there wasn't going to be any miracle or overnight uh, successes. Uh, Certainly, I think that in 2018, we kept continuing to make strides. You know, we opened up 2018 shooting in a, in a studio that, you know, back in the day was filled with rowdy, happy wrestling fans, but really hadn't been the case in uh, in Orlando, which is, you know, a problem for the show because who, who wants to see the talent going out there and, kicking ass and putting on these great performances and, and, and crowds being disinterested. And the other thing was, is, you know, you, we weren't selling tickets. So in June of last year, for the first time in many years, you know, Impact Wrestling went out, went on the road and started uh, running wrestling shows in front of wrestling fans and uh, selling tickets. And that was certainly a huge step for, uh, for us as a company. It's been very well received and we've continued to go around and, see different cities you know we're excited we just recently announced we'll be going to philadelphia for the first time for tv 
Uh, you know, we're going back to New York. Uh, you know, all kinds of exciting things happening. We continue to do the monthly Twitch uh, broadcasts and, and uh, try to get out there and partner up with great groups. We just announced this week that we're reestablished a partnership with uh, Ohio Valley Ohio Valley Wrestling and Al Snow to help uh, continue developing talent. And, you know, most importantly, above anything else, to finish my long-winded tirade is uh, we think we have one hell of a roster, man. In 2019, we're happy to put, you know, our top six up against anybody's top six when it comes performance-wise and our top ten against anyone's top ten. We really have a great roster, and we have unbelievable depth now. And you look at the people that we continue to add with Josh Alexander and Madman Fulton. These aren't, these aren't household names, but these guys that have locked in and signed on long-term because they believe in what we're doing. And these are all talented, super talented people that I think in another year, two years, three years, I mean, these are people that are potential main eventers and true stars in our industry. Yeah. I mean, there was a time that AJ Styles was wrestling in uh, Wildside uh, in a barn in uh, north georgia so you got to start somewhere for sure uh i was going to ask you about the partnership with ohio valley wrestling how did that come about i know you've tried it once before and what's different this time that you think will uh will will take you guys to the next level developing of developing talent well i mean i mean there's a, a couple of major changes i mean one uh, you know, there's completely different ownership and management structure to impact wrestling than there previously was, uh, which I think is a, a huge difference. And I think the other huge difference is there's been an ownership change in, in OVW. And, you know, Al Snow is now the, the owner and operator of, of OVW. And, you know, Danny Davis was great and, uh, um, you know, has been such an integral part of so many careers. But Al is, is a guy focused on... Uh, on build, rebuilding OVW and, and, you know, really has a, has an eye and an ability to, to spot and develop talent. And Al's somebody that I have a long history with, you know, Al Snow was, was one of my, uh, one of my original trainers and he's somebody who's remained a, you know, a mentor and friend to, to me over the years. And, and having a relationship with him, I think is really easy because it's something me and him have had for 25 years. And, you know, unfortunately it's, you know, last year when, or, you know, maybe it was late 2017 as Impact was going through tough times. Al was one of the guys that, you know, unfortunately didn't get renewed when he was, you know, employed with Impact. But uh, now he's off doing his own thing, and here's a chance to work together again. And there's, there's great relationships personally. There's mutual respect professionally. And there's a wantingness uh, and a willingness to work together to make this work. So I, I, I can't really... I can't really comment on what the relationship was like before because I wasn't here. I mean, everything I've heard is secondhand, but I can tell you that right now on the OVW side, they're committed, and on the Impact side, we're committed. I'm going a little bit out of order here because I'm following your lead. You had mentioned putting your top six up against uh, anybody else's top six. As we all know, lots of competition out there, and it just keeps getting bigger. You got to, you know, forget about WWE. They're in a whole other stratosphere, uh, as we all know. But you got NXT and All Elite Wrestling now and Ring of Honor. How does that affect what you're trying to do? Does it make you get a little bit more, uh, a, a little bit more, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, think outside the box a little bit more when you're looking for new talent. 
I think that you always have to think outside the box and you always have to look where somebody else isn't looking. And I think one of the amazing things about 2019 is twofold. One, as you said, there's so many amazing platforms and companies for talent to work with. The other thing is, there really is, for the first time in a long, long time, there does seem to be a lot of really uh, strong, creative, talented uh, people out there that are looking for a platform to perform on. And I think that whether it's Impact or Ring of Honor or New Japan or, or AEW, wherever it be, I think there's uh, certainly, you know, talent that's associated with all brands. And there's also lots of talent that's out there and isn't associated with anything. So, I mean, has it affected us? I, I don't think so. Not too much directly. Like, you know, I mean, there's, there's ifs and buts as far as for, you know, what would happen with the Chris Jericho's and Kenny Omega's uh, in a non-AEW world. Who knows? Um, you know, Chris Jericho went out and said himself that if it wasn't for the amount of money that got offered to him, like he would have, he would have been in impact wrestling already. So, I mean, you know, we have a world of respect for, for Chris and we wish him and everybody there. Well, we just keep doing our own thing. You can't spend all your time worrying about your neighbor's lawn. You got to look after your own. And that's what we're doing. We're focused on what's happening in our, in our universe. We're focused on our roster and our committed people. We're focused on our business plan and we're just going to continue to, uh, to grow and improve. And when we make mistakes, try to fix those mistakes and look to partner with uh, with whatever other companies are out there and like-minded and looking to, you know, to co-venture on whether it's a show, you know, like we do with so many other people, whether it's this development thing with OVW, whether it's like the recent announcement we had with MLW, just, just working together to make sure that fans could experience both products in the same town, uh, things like that. That's the thinking outside of the box that, uh, that we feel is uh, what helps make 2019 a great time to be in the business. Sure, you mentioned Chris Jericho and the offer he got. It's no secret. There was just an article here, and because he lives locally, as most people know, it's just an article here in the Tampa Bay Times about how he just bought a beautiful new six-acre uh, compound on a lake. So uh, his, 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 uh, he's definitely got an offer he couldn't refuse, and congratulations, he deserves it. But talking about Chris Jericho, he did acknowledge that he got a great offer from you guys and that uh, he, he thought it was interesting. Uh, could you say, could you give any hints about if he would have accepted that offer, uh, how he would have debuted, who he might have uh, 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 feuded with? I know he said it was only like for four or six shows, so it wasn't obvious. It was obviously something that you had, uh, you would think, presented to him as far as what it was going to look like. You know, I mean, you, we went out there, we we chatted with Chris. We're very, we're very interactive with uh, with our talent and that. And you know, we we chatted with Chris on different things. You know, there's some some obvious matchups for Chris with guys on our roster. Like, of course, everybody, you know, Chris Jericho, Johnny Impact would be uh, be a fantastic match. Chris and Brian Cage. Um, you know, uh, Chris is a huge fan of Rich Swan, and uh, would have been great to see. Like, imagine a, you know, a 2019 Chris Jericho with all the the wonderful nuances of his of his current character, and as it continues to evolve, being in there with a super charismatic and energetic guy like Rich Swan. So, um, you know, we never got down to the actual. Hey, this is what it's going to be. We talked overall. Our visions uh, aligned quite a bit. Um, Chris was, was, was very good and appreciative and in the whole process, as were we, it was a very open, honest, uh, you know, communication. Uh, and like he said, in a, 
and you know, until this this offer for unbelievable amounts of money came in, and you know, he he envisioned himself being part of Impact Wrestling, and didn't happen. That's okay, and good luck to him. Like I said, we'll just continue to field uh, our team, which, like I said, is uh, we're very confident is as talented as any uh, roster out there. Yeah, there's a part I gotta say. There's a part of me because of my loyalty to the company, uh, since I spent so many years there, and, and would love to come back whenever it happens, if it ever happens. But uh, uh, there's a part of me that would have uh, really loved to see Chris, who you know I broke in driving down the road with in WCW, and he's gone on to become one of the most popular and and I think the most unique talents, creative talents in the in the business. Uh, how he would have uh, been the appear appear on impact wrestling's tv um let me ask you a question about your tv situation you uh, made a change from pop tv to the pursuit network uh to the best of my knowledge they don't release uh ratings for the pursuit network because it's a small network uh any indication of uh the numbers of of of, of, if it's dropped off at all if it's increased at all and how you're handling that moving forward maybe looking for a different deal or happy where you are I mean, look, you're always out there, and I mean, I think it, it's always been acknowledged. Pursuit, which is an anthem-owned property, uh, is a great place for to, for us to find stability on. Uh, is it our is it our eventual long-term home? No, probably not. But it'll always be part of uh, part of the equation, whether it be with second window airings, whether it be with secondary program and such. It's it continues our our mandate and our belief that what we need to do is we need to integrate impact and anthem. Uh, together, uh, you know, we air on Fight Network in Canada and in the UK and Italy and Turkey. We air on Game TV in Canada, which is uh, which is a fully distributed cable and satellite uh, network in Canada. If you if you get cable or satellite, then then you get Game TV uh, in Canada. So we do we do great on there. It's fully distributed. Pursuit has limited distribution in the U.S. Um, certainly, but, uh, from what we get from pursuit within the pursuit universe, our numbers are fantastic, uh, on the channel. And, uh, it's great that we have a situation where we, you know, we have, we have so much, uh, involvement in, uh, in the network. And like I said, is it our, is our eventual long-term home? No. Um, you know, but until we, until we sort out all those things, it's a great place for us to continue to to be and put out our product. And then simultaneously, one of the things that being on Pursuit does allow us to do has been allow us to go out there and put the show out uh, simulcast on Twitch. And the response on Twitch has been fantastic. We've been one of the top 10 uh, viewed channels uh, for Twitch wow. for the past many weeks. And it's, uh, it's one of those things that I don't know about you, Dave, but like the guys like me and you probably – the idea of sitting there and watching it on uh, on on the internet, you know, on Twitch is probably something that you know we would we would never contemplate. But in this world, it's certainly something that a lot of people are migrating to. And the fact is, you know, with us being on Twitch, simulcast every Friday, as the saying goes, if you have the internet, you have impact. Because all you have to do is log on to your phone, log on to your tablet, log on to your computer. You can go on to Twitch. It's totally free. You can watch the broadcast plus. If you subscribe to Twitch, like it's free, you can watch everything. But if you want to subscribe to Twitch, then there's special content that we do during the commercial breaks and the pre-show and post-show and the things we do that are exclusive to the subscribers. Um, and that's been a fantastic uh, experiment and experience for us in getting to do that. And that's one of those things that a tra- traditional broadcast partner 
is probably going to be, you know, a little concerned with is going out there and simulcasting it. We went, we sat down with the guys at Pursuit. We're all partners together and said, hey, this is something like everybody says that the, the digital audience is different than a, than a conventional broadcast distribution audience. Let's go out there and see. And the response on Twitch has been fantastic. Good numbers, like I said. And, and uh, it's been, as far as we're concerned, a very successful experiment. Congratulations! Yeah, congratulations on being in the top ten on Twitch. Uh, you know, like like you mentioned, me and you probably—it's uh, a little bit outside of our uh, era. But uh, my, I have a twenty-three-year-old son hasn't had a television in four or five years, and it's it's his choice. Uh, uh, he, he just watches everything on, uh, you know, he knows all about Twitch. He knows all about all the different networks and Netflix. And he doesn't, you don't need a TV anymore. And I know that a lot of companies and, and uh, one of the things that, uh, one of the things that Jeff Jarrett, uh, when he was there was so, uh, was, was so, and I don't know if you got, if you got a lot of a little bit of this from him or you're a smart guy, you probably figured it out yourself is to, you know, how to get away from the traditional formats and find your way into the new formats because the new formats are what the young people are watching. They ain't watching, they ain't watching television. My son ain't watching television. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, it's going to be more and more a digital world that we exist in. Broadcast is not going away uh, anytime, probably in your lifetime, my lifetime. Sure. Um, but that doesn't mean that digital isn't continue to grow. And you look what it's done in the last few years. And um, it's something that, you know, we feel strongly about. Uh, we want to be on the forefront of that's why we're doing the simulcast on Twitch. That's why we're doing the monthly specials on Twitch. Um, that's why we're going out there. We've, you know, we launched the, uh, the GWN uh, app which has a lot of great content and we're continuing to work on that and improve that and exciting things coming later this year on the, uh, on the app front. And, uh, you know, it's uh, just like fight TV, right? Like April 4th, we're doing, we're doing an event, you know, in uh, New Jersey, part of the mania week festivities. And, uh, you know, we're going to go out there. We've already got uh, a great pre-sale. I think we're going to have a packed house at 11 p.m. on a Thursday night in Rahway, New Jersey, which you never would have convinced me was possible uh, back in the day. And we're already, like I talked to the guys over at Fight TV, they say the response to the to the iPay-per-view has, has been outstanding. And it's just uh, goes to show what, uh, you know, what's possible in a, in a, in a digital age. You know, now in, in 2019, we're going to go out there. And I mean, you've got a, we got a dream card, a dream card, like so many different companies represented, whether it be MLW, whether it be, whether it be Rockstar Pro, whether it be, you know, AAA, whether it be Lucha Underground ourselves, you know, and then, then you got like, you know, RVD coming back. I mean, obviously that's a, that's a huge game changer and, and having him back uh, for the night and part of things and him being excited to be part of it. That's, that's something, that's something that wasn't going to happen in impact a year ago. Sure. But it can happen now. Sure. I'm, I'm actually scheduled to be there uh, to uh, interview, do some interviews for Hannibal TV. I don't know if you know that or not, but. Uh, oh, nice. So uh, we're going to come a little bit early and try to do some interviews. And I don't know that, I don't know if I'm gonna do if I'm gonna stay till two o'clock and do another gathering of the juggalos type deal because it's <laughs> it's hard it's hard to wake up in the morning when uh when when the show goes till two or three but uh, uh the gathering was uh, uh I did that have you ever do the gathering? Oh my god, I've done I've done six or seven of man. I'm a I'm a gather I'm a uh, gathering of the juggalos pro. Uh, I lo I loved every one of them. They're crazy. They're weird. They're out there. Um. But I never went there and, and, and didn't have some tremendous laughs. So 
it's it, it's something you got to experience at least once. I did at it least one, once. I did it once, it. and and I and I'm glad I did it once. I don't know that I'd ever do it again, uh, unless they threw ridiculous money at me, and nobody's really doing that these days. And uh, sure. so I'm just being honest. But you you get a kick out of this. Getting a little bit off subject, uh, real quick. I know your time is limited. Uh, the ride back to wherever we were staying, I forget, Chicago, I want to say Chicago, wherever it was, the ride back, uh, because the main event were these two guys, and I was the, the ring announcer, was uh, in a van, was me, Roddy Piper, and Terry Funk. For, for about two and a half hours, just telling stories and laughing, and Piper didn't drink. Uh, but uh, but me and Terry we had a couple of vodkas and it was uh, it was one of the that was forget about the gathering the, the ride back was one of the highlights of my career I mean but what what some people what a lot of people would do to have a two hour car ride with Terry Funk and Roddy Piper but bless him and rest his soul so but, yeah and, and David you bring up that kind of stuff and that's the stuff too that a lot of like. The gathering shows are, are cool to experience. Like a lot of them I've been at has been like, you know, three, four thousand people in the middle of a field yeah. in a in a complete stadium they've built in the middle of nowhere, which is cool. But to yeah. me, if you look at it, in my time in JCW, I was out there with Ultimo Dragon. Uh, I was out there. I mean, I was a guest in, in, in Piper's Pit. Uh, me and him in the middle of 5,000 people, I mean, and them just flinging everything under the sun at us. It was, it was so cool. But then getting to do the car ride after, like me and Roddy and Raven hopped in the car and drove back to, we'd stayed in Evansville, so took the uh, couple hour, you know, two and a half hour drive back to there. Just so cool hanging out doing that. I got to exchange punches with Terry Funk, and basically I did because he didn't. I kind of did. I did the Funk swing in the ropes, like <laughs> stuff like that is, like JCW is where you get to go live out your childhood fantasies. Like sure. I got to stand toe to toe with Terry Funk and do the funk swing with him. I got to be a guest in Piper's pit. I mean, I got to do all these things and, uh, you know, just a, a, a crazy stuff that, you know, you otherwise wouldn't experience, but like you said, they're, they're hanging around, you know, I mean, lots of good times with Hall and Nash and getting chances to hang out and become friends with Piper and, you know, and guys like that and Funker. I mean, like, that's just cool stuff. And, and I dusted up with, uh, with Willis from different strokes. No way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What you talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I go there and I look and I mean, their, their formats look nothing else like ever you've seen in the wrestling business. And it's like, it's like Scotty DeMore gets, gets real shitty on the stick. You know, and Willis comes out and and uh, busts out some fresh ass offense all over Demore's ass. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a fun night. <laughs> when I was there, they didn't have a format. That's why it lasted till four in the morning. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, the, the the Terry Funk stuff and the Piper stuff in the hall—that's like a classic wrestling fantasy camp. You know, people yeah, would man. pay people would pay huge money to do that. You actually got paid, and you know, right. same, same here. So it was great. Hey. Um, I don't know if you can name one male or one female, but if you can, in hindsight, what's the most proud uh, talent acquisition that in, you had in 2018 or early 2019 on the male and the female side? Well, I got to think in, in 2019, uh, uh, getting Tessa Blanchard uh, in and signed to a multi-year deal as part of Impact Wrestling was huge for us. I mean, third generation you know, Joe, Tully, Magnum. I mean, you talk about there's there's not an athlete, male or female, that has a better pedigree than Tessa does. I agree. And, I mean, the scary scary part is you look at Tessa, 
and you're like this this woman is 23 years old and she's this good and the thing about her that, that, that I just marvel at is you know she's so young but she's just she absorbs knowledge at such an unbelievable rate. Like if Tessa goes out there and I don't want to say makes a mistake, but does something that maybe she could have done a little differently. And you talk to her about it. The next time she goes out there, she applies what you just talked about. And that's a, that's a very rare gift and she has it. And that's why, you know, Tessa Blanchard is going to be one of the the biggest stars in, uh, in wrestling. Um, you know, I mean, throw gender aside. I mean, we, we should be long past the point of talking about male, female. Sure. Um, she's going to be one of the biggest superstars in wrestling. Um, you know, and having, uh, having Brian Cage come along like he did. Um, I think his growth with us has been unbelievable. He's somebody that, uh, that, that really watching his growth while he's been with us was great. And, uh, you know, the roller coaster ride in 2018 that was Austin Aries was, was, uh, was great too. I mean, you know, say what you want about the guy. He, uh, he delivers every time he steps inside a ring. He's a, he's a passionate pro and he had a lot of great moments that we did. And he came in at a time when, uh, there wasn't a lot of people looking to come to impact wrestling and he came in and, and dug his heels in and were, was with us. And, and was one of the reasons why we're sitting here in a good spot and continuing to grow in 19. So, I mean, it's, I could go on and, and on, you know, having LAX, you know, uh, continue to grow with us. I mean, Pentagon and Phoenix, obviously huge pickups. Uh, we just picked up a guy, Josh Alexander, who maybe some people have heard of him. Maybe some people haven't, but you're, you're going to hear about him. Cause, uh, cause he's that good. I mean, he's a wrestling machine. Um, you know, reminds me a little bit of, uh, of Kurt Angle. I mean, he's good and you're, you're going to see him be good. Looking forward to it. Uh, on the other side, what was your, what would you say the biggest loss of 2018 was? Uh, I mean, it's going to sound cliche, but I, I don't, I don't like to look at things in the uh, in the process of uh, of loss. I mean, there's so much change and changeover, and every time that we, you know, when somebody was moving on, whether it was our decision, their decision, we'll always look at it. And it creates a hole, but it also creates opportunity. You know, so Bobby at Lashley goes away, but that gave us the opportunity to build Brian Cage. Sure. So those type of things have have certainly been. Uh, been been things that they can create excitement and one of the reasons why i think we're doing well in 2019 is because we have been able to go out there and we freshen everything out out with the old no no disrespect in with the new and as people cycle through the wrestling business has always been cyclical and talent should float in and out we've done a great job of doing that and bringing in fresh people and making them mean something and respectfully i've been a part of a lot of uh you know former creations of, of impact TNA wrestling, you know, of management and creative. And I think we are doing one of the best jobs out there uh, of going out there and taking guys and making them stars in our universe. Um, you know, and if you put a gun to my head, the biggest loss in 2018 to me was, it was Jimmy long, Jimmy paradise, you know, amazing producer. One of the most talented guys I know, passionate, talented, genius. And uh, I don't blame WWE for, for showing up and, and backing up a Brinks truck to uh, to him and, and giving him everything that he's uh, that he's worth, because no matter what money you give Jimmy Paradise, you uh, he earns it. Speaking of backstage uh, talent, uh, how surprised were you by Abyss and Sanjay leaving? How 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 how, how did that take take you? Did it stun you, or were just another change? He, he, I mean, me and Sanjay is one of my best friends in the wrestling business, and he's somebody who will always be 
uh, a good friend uh, in life. Uh, Abyss, I've, I've, me, Abyss, me and Abyss, you know, were, you know, kind of started back in TNA. He had been there the first day, then left for Puerto Rico. I came in, and then a few weeks after I'd been there is when he came back as Abyss, like the actual Abyss character. Right. Um, so I've known him a long time. So, you know, it, it's one of those things you're sorry to see them move on, um, but you're happy for them because they're your friends and, you know. Um, you know, still, still communicate with them, you know, on a, on a, on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, Sanjay, I mean, hell practically lived in my house for this past year and a half. So it's, uh, it's been a change, but that gave us an opportunity to let a Tommy dreamer, uh, step in and become more involved in things to get Conan a little bit more involved in things. Now we've got Lance storm, uh, coming in, you know, when we were in Vegas, we had, uh, we had Paul London and, uh, D Brown, work with us you know i mean all these things it's giving us a chance to to experiment and find what the right mix in and if you if you're open to it change is never a bad thing you can always you can always spin change into a positive because it's a chance to be new and fresh yeah nothing not much surprises me in this business after so many years but sanjay leaving kind of took me off guard so uh, i wanted to ask you about that um you did a deal with the Disco Inferno that sort of exposed the fourth wall uh, with uh, where with uh, he thought he saw, heard Vince Russo. He thought he saw the Young Bucks and Cody. Uh, h- how much are you going to do that moving forward? Did, was that an experiment? If so, did you like the results? And is that something you know we we could uh, keep seeing from Impact Wrestling, or was that sort of a one time deal just because you got Goofy Gilberti uh, in Vegas? Well, I mean, the great thing about a guy like Glenn, well, I mean, I guess a few things. One, timing and delivery-wise, he's as good as anybody in this business, right? I mean, he's he's a he's a pro's pro when it comes to that. Uh, two, with the scenario that we were playing, you can have so much fun with 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 Disco and his character, right? Like Glenn is is such a such an easy guy to write for because he he he's open to anything and he can take whatever and make it fun. Sure, and you know, as part of that. You know, look, it's a great chance. Like, let's let's not take ourselves let's not take ourselves uh, too seriously, right? I mean, everybody that we parodied in there, um, you know, we have respect for. Like, you know, there can be there can be the 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 anthem, you know, GFW uh, issues on a on a business level, but at the end of the day, Jeff Chair is a mentor and friend of mine um, you know we used to take shots at him when he was on the show about the white jeans it's an inside joke you know <laughs> that's 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 the thing russo vince is the first guy who ever pulled me into a creative meeting and i mean uh, i'll always i'll always you know be grateful to him for that and i enjoyed working with him over the years as shocking as some people may be to hear that i mean i always found you know um vince to be open ideas and suggestions and you know Glenn and how do you have Glenn there and do stuff and not and not have Russo represented in some way and then you know the Cody and the Bucks things was, was just fun and silly and it's just uh, it's part of what 2019 is let's let's not always take ourselves too seriously sure. we can have fun like that but then we can go out there when it comes time you can turn around and, 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 and spin on it you know spin on a dime stop on a dime and do something like we do you know with Johnny Impact and Brian Cage and get serious you know, sometimes, sometimes Terry Taylor told me years ago, the best way to get the heat is coming out of haha. 
Um, so mix and match it. We're a variety show. Like our friend Jimmy Hart would say, we're the circus, you know, <laughs> everybody has different tastes. Let's have a little something for everybody. And those, those skits were well received. And to me, one of the coolest things, and I had no doubts about this, knowing those guys is we put out that, uh, that Cody in the bucks thing, which we thought was funny and good nature, but you always wonder, shoot. I mean, is anyone going to think we're taking the piss out of, you know, and the bucks are the first one to fucking retweet it. And, and say, this is cool. You know, like it's, it's fun and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's good. You break that fourth wall, you have some fun. Um, it doesn't hurt anything. We don't expose anything. And it all fits in the context of the fact that this girl got slapped around by killer cross. So he's not, he's not seeing and feeling right. Right. I, I I loved it. I I got, I got a kick out of it. Uh, I had heard about it, so I specifically tuned in uh, to and fast forwarded to that uh, to that segment. And uh, he was great. He was great. I I hate to put Disco over because he's he's so much heat. Right. But uh, but he was great with the segment with uh, uh, Scarlett Bordeaux. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, did a great job. And uh, so I know that they're having a big wrestling match coming up. Uh, yes. Kind of funny yeah, that's that, it, that, that that's that's this Friday, and that's I mean that's it's great. He's a, he's a perfect opponent, right? Because he he gets a great reaction. He's a true heel, and uh, you know he he's so easy to and fun to work with. So it's a, it's a it's it's a nice it's a nice deal for Scarlett as she's coming in. I mean, you talk about somebody who came in. I don't want to say unknown, but but I mean it's the first real TV platform she's had, and she I mean she's knocked it out of the park. She's knocked it out of the park with being a, a strong, uh, sexy, powerful woman. And now she's going to show people that she's more than, than, than just, uh, than just someone who can talk, just somebody who's, who's, who's beautiful. She's, she's got the goods when it comes to wrestling. She's out there. She's working hard. She spent months in Japan holding her crap. She's, she's wanting to learn and get better every day. Yeah. I find it somewhat ironic that, uh, that that how how times have changed. That Glenn Gilberti, this is the same guy that at the height of WCW got fired for not wanting to do an angle with wrestling Jacqueline, and it was probably his thrill to do this stuff with with Scarlett. You know, twenty years later, it's just it just show, it's a little microcosm to show how things have changed and it's a totally different business. Even though in a lot of ways it's professional wrestling and it's always going to be the same, just a totally different thought process. Um, second to last question, Scott, and I appreciate your time. Uh, you talked a lot about uh, what you did in 2018 and early 2019 and the growth that you've had. That you've had. What are your goals for growth and any hints of what you might have up your sleeve for the rest of 2019 into 2020? I think you're going to continue to see us uh, grow and uh, slow incremental steps, uh, continue to get out there, continue to get more people out to our events, uh, continue to focus on our four major uh, pay-per-views uh, like we're doing here in 2019. I think you see us uh, here in the next little bit. We find we find a uh, another primary television home domestically. We continue to grow around the world, and uh, we continue to grow our, our digital presence, which is which is huge. You know, the the our our app. You know, the GWN app is in its infancy, but we're getting ready to kick things up uh, full notch with that. Uh, we have amazing followings, you know, we've, we've got, we've got, you know, over 2 billion views on YouTube and, you know, over, you know, wow. uh, millions of millions of followers on YouTube. We are 1.5 on Facebook, 500,000 on Twitter. Uh, we're going to get out there and continue to grow a worldwide presence, both 
uh, in conventional broadcast like we do in India and the UK and in uh, Africa and so many other places, but also in the emerging di- digital world. Well, I, you know, I'm a fan, and I have both you personally and uh, and the company. Uh, I've always have an affinity for them. Always will. The last question is, how much do you miss me? You know, I hate to admit this. <laughs> but I really do miss you. Uh, I, I, one, we've always managed to have laughs. But the other thing is, and uh, I guess I'll admit it publicly, is you know you you were always one of the guys I thought was an unsung hero because you started as a guy driving the van with job guys from from Florida to tapings, and I mean you you worked your way up. Nobody turned around and handed it to you. There was no job that was uh, was too dirty or beneath David Penzer, and uh, you kept that attitude the whole way through. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed working underneath you when, when you were my boss. And that's one of the reasons why I was always happy to have you work under, you know, underneath or alongside, I prefer to say, uh, with me because you were, you were a get stuff done guy. And uh, there's some days that I certainly miss that. Well, thank you for the kind words. I really appreciate it. I will. Hey, I appreciate your honesty. Uh, what what people didn't hear was at the beginning of this interview, I said I had a whole bunch of questions. And if you weren't comfortable ask, answering one or two, uh, that we would edit it out. And you answered every single one as honestly as, as you could. And um, and I appreciate that. A lot of people in your position probably wouldn't. But you did because you're a stand up guy. So now I'll put you over and uh, and looking forward to seeing you in uh, like at 11 o'clock at night in Rahway in a couple of weeks but uh continued success and um you know if, if i'm always i'm always uh you know i'm always rooting for you guys uh, we appreciate it and i'm sure somewhere down the road besides Rahway we'll we'll meet again and work together and then in, in the meantime you know just remember every friday night 10 p.m pursuit channel game tv fight network simulcast on twitch uh you know big big TV tapings coming up in Windsor this weekend. Uh, got United We Stand April 4th there, 11 p.m., exclusively on the Fight TV app. Uh, go there, check it out. The show is going to be unbelievable. Rob Van Dam, Joey Ryan, our whole roster, Lucha Underground, MLW. It's going to be amazing. And it all builds to April 28th, Rebellion, Toronto, Ontario, live on pay-per-view from the Rebel Entertainment Complex. We're going to uh, kick ass like only we can. I look forward to watching and uh, wish you the best. And thank you for jumping on. And uh, hopefully uh, we can maybe have a cocktail WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, and I'll see you at the uh, the Legends of Wrestling uh, coming to Detroit, too. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you were talking about me not willing to stooge around. I've been booking air flights for guys and and booking hotel rooms for guys. So I was thinking to myself when you mentioned that, I'm still I'm still uh, willing to stooge around to keep my foot in the business. But uh, I love it. And yeah, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing that. And um, I'm still working on our uh, on, on, on our buddy, uh, one half of the Motor City Hitmen. Um, I'm working on that. So we're going to try to make that work. Sounds good. All right, Scott, thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Take care, David. Want to welcome for a brief chat this week on City Ringside. He's an old friend and a guest, a former guest. We had him on for about an hour and had a great conversation. If you missed that podcast, you can go back in the archives and certainly download it and listen to it. It was a fun chat, and he beat me up verbally, but it was cool because uh, that's just what I do, what, what he does and what I take. Uh, I'm talking about Stevie Ray, and he's one of the good guys uh, in, in this business. He really is. And um, was so excited to hear. Congratulations, by the way. 
Monday uh, that you were going into the Hall of Fame at uh, WrestleMania weekend as Harlem Heat. Uh, congratulations, man. I'm really excited for you. Hey, I appreciate it. But, uh... So here I'm thinking Booker's already in. He he was you know he wrestled he wrestled in WWE. He's already had, got a ring. Uh, you had never wrestled. You had never wrestled in WWE. Was there any thought, even peripherally, per- peripherally, peripherally? I know what you're trying to say. That that I mean, was there even any thought that it was a possibility in the future, or was it just something that came totally out of left field? You know, uh, I I'm not one of those guys that sit around and think about. Uh, first of all, revisionist history. And I don't sit around and think about if I ever get into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. I mean, people, fans like to think about things like that, but uh, I'm just not one of those guys because I don't think uh, accomplishments like that make me or break me, even though I welcome them and they make me very humble. At the end of the day, you know, um, personal accolades, they are what they are. So how did you hear? When when did you first get a kind of a murmur that this might be going on, and uh, and who called you, and how did that all come about? Well, one of the uh, one of the guys uh, from uh, WWE called me up one day, and I actually thought he was calling me to tell me that they won't be renewing my uh, Legends deal <laughs> because for the last for the last I don't know. Well, last year, the checks hadn't been nothing anyway, so I was like, whatever. And I thought that's what he was calling me to let me know. And when I answered the phone, he was like, uh, Stevie, uh, this is blah, blah, so-and-so, so-and-so. Are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. And he was like, why do you sound like I said, no, bro, I'm all right. What's, what's up? And then he said, I got uh, good news. I knew, renew your I can really say that. And then yeah. he said, because uh, I was already in a mindset of, you know, whatever the hell ever. Yeah. But uh, you say, hey, man, you guys are being inducted into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, Harlem Heat. And it kind of just like threw me threw me for a loop, bro. So I was speechless after that. Pretty much, I bet. And uh, kind of feeling really apologetic at the same time. So <laughs> <laughs> You were ready to cuss the guy out because <laughs> the legend checks had been shit. <laughs> that's funny. So, so, you know, that's how that's how we found out, man. He's like, hey, bro, let's just take care of everything, just that and there'll be some, somebody getting back with you and all the logistics and so forth. And, hey, man, congratulations. And But you can't let anybody know because we got to kayfabe it until it's announced. And that's pretty much how it went, brother. Booker call you first or you call Booker? Who made the first contact? No, I called him. Apparently somebody else, the same guy had just called him. You know, he was like, well, I've already called Booker. So, well, I, mean, I, I guess he didn't want Booker to call me before he could get off the phone with me. You know what I'm saying? It's what, pretty much like that. What, what was like his? I already re- told Book, so you can call him. What was his reaction? Uh, what was his reaction to have two rings? Um, I don't really know. We didn't really discuss it. So last we talked on this podcast, you talked a lot about Harlem Heat, about breaking in, Scott Casey and uh, Tom Pritchard teaching uh-huh. you a lot of stuff and, and how it was to transfer to WCW. Uh, when you look back at all that now, knowing, and, and I get it, you're not a big uh, accolades guy. I get that. Some people, you know, uh, you know, really are and, and think it's the end all and be all. And, and, and I, I, I kind of take it that, you know, while you're honored, it's not, it's not uh, something that uh, is going to change your life. 
but 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 looking back at Harlem Heat, you know, now that you're going into the Hall of Fame, now that you're being honored by your peers and the fans and the WWE, mm-hmm. which basically is pro- professional wrestling, what what are your thoughts? Does it change your thoughts of uh, of, of of how important maybe you guys were to the sport of professional wrestling, or does it just uh, kind of authorize those thoughts? That Dang, you that's the thing, uh, David. Um, to be honest, um, like I said, the Hall of Fame is a great honor, but it's not telling me nothing that I didn't already know. Sure. At the end of the day, you know, uh, everybody wants to be respected by their peers and acknowledged by their peers, and I appreciate that immensely. But uh, this validates what I already knew, going back to what you were just saying. And uh, when it comes to... You know, the impact of what Harlem Heat did at the time we did it, hey, it was, uh, it was very flattering, you know, it was very flattering. And I'm just, I'm just glad, um, we left an impact that people actually remember. Sure. They actually remember. And that's, uh, that's more gratifying to me than anything because I get it every day whenever I walk into a mall or walk into a restaurant. I get it from somebody that says, Man, I grew up watching you and brother, I, you know, some kids like, hey, man, I wish I, I mean, I was you when I was a kid and I used to throw my brother around and we would act like you and your brother. Those kind of things left an impact on people, sure. left an impact on people's lives in a lot of ways. And I know that's, uh, that can't be duplicated, you know, and I'm glad it's appreciated, though. Absolutely, and other than a one-off, uh, I think for your for Booker's Wrestling uh, Company, you guys haven't teamed in what almost twenty years. Uh, we teamed a few years back. Yeah, the one-off that you did, but other than that, so I mean, it really goes to show you, uh, uh, you know, how much you, you know, after twenty years, a lot of things get uh, forgotten and people go on with their lives. So it's really an honor, right. I think, and a compliment to you guys, and well deserved. And I'm not kissing your ass; I've always been a fan. So it must be an honor and very well deserved that after really basically twenty years of not being a team, that that uh, anybody would even, you know, remember that would come up to you and say, "Hey, I used to be you." That's awesome man and congratulations well worth it i'm assuming yeah, that, it i'm assuming that your like your daughter and your family have been a little bit more excited than you seem a lot of, well my excitement is you know my excitement was what it was i'm still not cutting flips right now i they, i was told like well, i don't know almost three weeks ago <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. maybe a month maybe a month i was told like mid mid-february so it's kind of settled in now you know, so it was, everybody else kind of learned last week. So it's kind of like, you know, now I'm just trying to make arrangements for everybody. Uh, my daughter my, wasn't even excited because she's like, Daddy, Albert, I've been saying this for years that you and Uncle Booker should be in the Hall of Fame. I was like, well, yeah, you've been saying that for a long time. And uh, it's here. But my boy, my daughter won't be there. Aww. She, had, uh, she had already booked a trip with some of her friends to uh, Japan. So she'll be in Japan that same weekend. The good thing about technology yeah. is she could watch it from Japan. So. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what we talked about. So well, I, she's uh, trying to make preparation to do that. I have one last question, and I don't want to end it on a, on a down note at all, but I'd be remiss not to ask you about this. Uh, you had uh, got on the social media and mentioned that uh, Dave Meltzer, a wrestling observer, uh, didn't think that you deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, how did that come about? I c- didn't find that anywhere, although I didn't research all that much. And 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 uh, why did that upset you? Who said it upset me? 
Oh, I don't know. You didn't. I, I, most people wouldn't be too happy about it, but maybe it maybe it thrilled you to death. Well, I'm just saying. It was a, how, how did you come to the conclusion that I was upset? Well, most people, if the, if 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 somebody who well, was, well, well, we're not talking about most people. We're talking about me. <laughs> I swear to God, Stevie Ray, I never, I, I never know what to expect, and this is no different. Uh, I just think, I think you could have asked that. You could have uh, asked that question a little, little bit more than what you just just put. You just gonna put it in the context that I'm a, a comment that they mail for a person that I don't even know. A person that I've never set eyes on, a person that I've never talked to verbally in my life, and and just assume that I'm upset about something. Okay, so let How me do you come to that conclusion. Let, let me change. Then the, you want to put it in the context of most people. Let me change the question then. That's you, okay. I know exactly what you're trying to uh, say. Let me change. And I'll answer the question. Go ahead. Let me change the question. You put on social media that Dave Meltzer was negative towards your inclusion in the Hall of Fame. What are your feelings about that, if any? Okay, that's a little bit better. There you go. That's a little bit better. I you appreciate always, that. You always keep me on my toes, man. I can always count on you. <laughs> I'm just letting you know at the end of the day. But, you know, Dave Meltzer, I didn't even see the comment, man. Somebody, somebody sent it to me. And I really wasn't going to make a comment about it. But, you know, I'm like, okay, I've got all my social media stuff back going now. So I'm going to make a comment. But I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do it out of anger. I'm just going to do it if I was talking to the man face-to-face. Sure. And I just said, you know, everybody, has, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. You know, unlike yourself, uh, I, think, I can't even remember exactly how I put it. But I was just saying, uh, I was voted into the Hall of Fame by my peers. And I was letting him know that uh, I appreciate I appreciate your opinion, but uh, in essence, people like Dave Meltzer are just trying to get more followers by being trying to be a modern day Howard Stern or Opie and Anthony, and that's why I said what I did in the context of what I, of which I said it. Uh, at the end of the day, and I told people, ceremonies are over. Then Dave Meltzer is going to see, is going to hear exactly what I think of him. I, I don't suppose you could do it on this podcast. Well, after the ceremony is over, I could give you a little, but I'm going to expose not only Dave Meltzer, but I'm going to expose Dave Meltzer and everybody like Dave Meltzer. And I have a word for them that I've coined, and I'm going to make sure that phrase goes all over the continental United States, if not the world. There's too many people out there that are taking advantage of this business and making a living off it, and they've never taken one bump in their lives, and they feel as though these days they can be disrespectful to people, and that's what's in, but nobody ever uh, tends to uh, fight back. But I'm not that guy. You don't got anything, you don't, you don't need anything from anybody anymore. Uh, well, I, I, I'm like this, but I'm gonna tell you something, Penzler. Uh, David, well, I had a pretty good gig before I ever got into professional wrestling business. I'm not one of them punks out there that was starving that would do anything and mess over anybody to make it in that and make it in this business, as you well know. I've right. never been that kind of person, and we know a lot of people like that. Yep. Right. Yes, sir. I treat people with respect if they treat me with respect. You ain't got to like me. You ain't got to love me. But if I treat you with respect, you treat me with respect, I'm cool with you. But at the end of the day, 
I never take it upon myself to just go out of my way to say stuff about people, you know, maybe in a joking manner or something like that, but no, no ill will intent. Unless I just don't like you. But if I'm, if you're a person I don't like, you pretty much know it anyway, though. Yeah, so, you, you, there's, there's no in the middle, man. I could attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you so, like me, and even if you like people, you still bust their balls. Uh, as, as witnessed in the last, as witnessed in the last 10 minutes of this, uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, last question, and 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 then we're on. And and this to me, me uh, is a meaningful question. How much do you wish uh, Sherry Martell could could be there? And how excited do you think oh. she'd be to be oh to, to be there? Oh my God, would that be great? I was thinking I was about that. Thinking, man. I was just thinking about that the other day, man. I was just thinking about that the other day. How cool would it have been for all three of us to be on the tag team? You know, to go in all at the same time, and it's that one last hurrah, man. Not only did we work together, man, we rode together. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. were, all, we, we were, we were, we were a team through and through. Yep. And do you know those are those are my best memories? Hey, one last question. Uh, will you? Will this you? Your third last. I question. know. I keep thinking of stuff because you keep. So why you keep, you keep saying? Why don't you just do the interview? Too? You can't <laughs> think of anything else. <laughs> And once you can't think of anything else, then you can say goodbye or something like that. Are you going to be the first uh, first person or the first team or the first inductees to thank Sid Vicious for uh, during your Hall of Fame speech? Hey, man, that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not saying that's he cold. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I was there. He brought you guys in and then stood behind man, you. And, had you- and right now I can't say who I'm going to think and who I'm not going to think. But I want to know, how do you know nobody has ever said anything about Sid Richards before in the Hall of Fame? How do you know that? I'm a huge mark for the Hall of Fame. I've seen everyone either in person or uh, or on the Internet and uh, because I'm a huge wrestling historian, as I know you are. And uh, I, I'm relatively 99% sure that uh, nobody, 99.9% sure that nobody's thanks Sid Vicious. <laughs> you know, you get a lot of Dusty Rhodes and you get a lot of Vince McMahons and you get a lot of, you know, maybe even maybe even Eric Bischoff or two. But, uh, but, but I don't think Sid Vicious ever. Hey, I'm not saying it's not deserving, Stevie. He, he had your he had your back. We talked about it in the podcast. We talked about it with uh, Robert Fuller, Colonel Parker, a couple weeks ago here on this podcast. When they, when everybody, oh, yeah. what, did he, what did he say? He said that that y'all would have been fired if it wasn't for Sid Vicious. That's a lie. Well, because of the because of the 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 the, the thing where That's they put a you, lie. the thing they put you in chains. Yeah, they didn't make nobody put us in anything, and that's a lie. That is, well, I take that back. Maybe I'm not gonna call the man a lie, but that's not 100 percent truth. What's the? 100%? Now you didn't ask. You didn't ask. You didn't ask me. Yeah, I did. About getting fired? No, you didn't. I did. I'll play it what back. Did you ask me? I'll play it back. I don't the... play nothing back. I already know. <laughs> I'll play it back. No, I did. I, I asked you, and uh, yeah, okay. And what did I? And what did I say? To the best of my recollection, although I haven't listened to it lately, to the best of my recollection, you gave the same sentiment. Might not have said it the same way. That 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 because uh, even though the Turner executives were flipped, uh, that even since Sid had your. <laughs> 
<laughs> since Sid had your back and he was, had, the, had the power back then that he helped you guys uh, stay on where uh, other people might have uh, been dropped for political reasons? Well, that's not 100% truth. I don't know what Robert Fuller told you, but I was there in the meeting with Ole Anderson. What about that? Was he there? No. Ah, so what's the true story? No, 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 no. You already got his stuff on record. But yet you tell Stevie Ray, I got I, I got your sentiments, and it's the same as Robert Parker. I think you need to go back and re-listen to that <laughs> before you start making statements like that and then put them out there in the wind for everybody to listen to and say I would have got fired if it wasn't for Sid Vicious. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go back. I'm going to listen. I'm going to. You tell me what. I'm you gonna, need to tell yourself. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going. Not only am I going to listen. I'm going to um, transcribe the word for word our conversation right. about that, and I'll send it over to you. And then uh, we could make an appointment to uh, to chat after WrestleMania weekend, and uh, and and you could you could. Uh, Tell me the true story, because uh, I don't think I don't think I got to. I don't remember anything about a meeting with Ole Anderson in the first. Yeah, well, well, then, well, well, you didn't have to know. You know, goodness well, when that situation went down, someone had to talk to us on a personal basis. You know that. That is how they do business in the big time. Uh, so just assume, was... just assume, Carl Parker has something to do with or 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 vicious. You know, Fear did bring us in. But with the situation that happened in the ring, do we know if Richard had something to do with that? I've never chronicled those sentiments. Hey, I just got to be honest with you. Back when you guys first came in, it wasn't really the big time, and a lot of people got fired without getting explained why, just because there was <laughs> such, such a mess at the top that there was a different booker every three weeks. So. Yeah, you, you, that, that's true, too. <laughs> there right. you go. We too. agree yeah, on something. True. Thank God. No, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, I'm just telling the fans. The fans don't have to know that. You didn't have to reveal that to all the fans. <laughs> you didn't have to let them know that the big time really wasn't the big time. It was the, it was the big time with the mentality of the small town you could have said that uh they had the paper center stage that's how bad it was so uh <laughs> <laughs> so but that's okay we tell the truth we tell the truth here we we we, we all made it to the big time and uh well, and th- then it we all went it away big time. then it all went yeah. away so but the yeah. cool thing is no matter what happened you're being honored by your peers and by the wwe i'm so happy for you and and your brother but especially for you and uh i know that you like to give me a hard time and i love to to take it but uh, i'm not giving you a hard time i just want you to make sure when you're interviewing somebody that you bring your a game i always try to bring my a game yeah and- you try to bring it man but a lot of times you leave things out uh, I'm, a, I'm not one of those guys that let people leave things out. I can't do that. I got, I got you. I got you. Hey, congratulations, Stevie. Appreciate Enjoy it. it. Eat it. it eat, eat it up. Hopefully, I'll see you out there because I'll be out there. But I don't think I'm gonna be at okay, the hall. Okay, great, thing. man. But I'd love to see you and buy you a drink, and uh, we'll talk again. Uh, look forward to seeing okay. you. Drinks on me, and uh, congratulate. If I don't see you, congratulations. Enjoy it, and uh, I'm happy for you guys. I appreciate it, David. Huge thank you to Scott Timore. A bigger thank you to Stevie Ray. Both uh, people are very sought after as far as their time, uh, especially now in 
uh, for Stevie Ray going into the WWE Hall of Fame and the build up to that. And Scott, as always, as being one of the main players in Impact Wrestling. So we thank them both. I think both interviews were entertaining and I think both interviews were informative. So we'll follow up with Stevie Ray uh, after the Hall of Fame and uh, follow up on a couple of items that were mentioned and see if we could get some insight and a final uh, story as to what happened when uh, they almost got fired, but uh, he's a he's, he's a bust your balls kind of guy, and you got to love it. And he's always like that. He's always been like that. And he's always, and and he has a heart of gold. He's he, not trying to bust my balls. He's just trying to have fun and keep me keep me on the 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 uh, the right path. So. Congratulations, Stevie Ray. Uh, best of luck, Scott Demore, on the future of Impact Wrestling 2019. We will be back next week with another big edition of City Ringside. Until then, follow us on Twitter at David Penzer at Penzer Ringside. Be sure to download and subscribe to City Ringside if you haven't already. Tons of great. Uh, conversations, including the interview with Stevie Ray, over probably 125 hours of content uh, where you find this podcast. So be sure to go back and check some of those out. Uh, you never know, we might have interviewed your favorite wrestler. You never even heard about it. And uh, be sure to leave a review where those are applicable. And other than that, we thank you for tuning in. As always, until next time, I'm David Penzer, Center Ringside. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. I want to start with the free agent do's and don'ts. Talk to you a little bit about the process during the course of the year. Uh, it's a process of your coaches evaluating your own team your pro personnel department evaluating your own team and your pro personnel department evaluating every player in the league every other team and every player in the league so it's their job to be experts on who's playing well who's got value you you add in the component of the health information that you have, the medical information that you have, any character information that you have, any off-the-field situations, salary cap situations, uh, you know, contract situations, so on and so forth, and you have a good feel for it. Now, as the season gets over and you do your due diligence on your players, which that's been done already, and you also get your coaches involved in players around the league that they think and how they compare with those players to the rest of the team. So, you know, the self-evaluation process for NFL teams is never as easy as they might fans might imagine. Identifying the problem is only the first step. By the time the offseason begins, they've you've had all the internal evaluations, all the statistical analysis, all the analytics, and you know, you you construct that big board in your pro personnel side to where you see you know, how your players stack up against the rest of the league. And then who's pulling his weight? Where might there need to be an upgrade? What is the reason for the problems? And, you know, why are you getting beat over the top? And whose talent isn't matching up to the cap hit? Who's, who's ready to carry a heavier, a heavier load? And who's starting to decline? And just, you know, as opposed to just who might have just had an off year. 
Those questions have to be answered thoroughly. Chris Landry brings you Landry football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, RadioInfluence.com. 